are still alive you are still here you are still standing god has been good to you this year are you, are you do you agree with me that god has been good to you in spite of and irrespective of all that has happened god is still a good god somebody who believes it shout a powerful amen, amen. can we lift our hands and give thanks to the lord for all of his goodness this year just open your mouth let's just open your mouth and begin to thank him for all of his goodness all of his faithfulness towards you and your family and every good thing and every favor that comes from God on your behalf. Open your mouth and just give him thanks. He that speaketh in tongues, give it thanks very well. Major Kolo Dobrina Kato Lodo Barakatanike Lidan the Baragadas. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we come humbly and respectfully before your word this morning and we thank you, Lord. We thank you for every blessing and every favor that we receive from you and we receive by knowing you. Thank you that in this service we acknowledge, we acknowledge every good thing that you've deposited in us. We acknowledge the life of God and the union that we have with you that can never be separated. And we thank you, Father, that as we look into your word in this service, the entrance of your word giveth light and understanding to the simple. And so we decree that whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. But inside yokes are destroyed. Lord, we decree that whatever causes discomfort is terminated. Your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified. Thank you for answered prayer today. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says that amen like thunder. Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together with these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never, ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Well, want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're so glad to have all of you connected the social media community. And everybody in Aquaibom that is connected this morning by way of Comfort FM, XL FM, Radio Aquaibom, Unio FM, Inspiration FM, Heritage FM. We're so glad to have all of you connected live to this service right now. Call a friend, call a family. Tell somebody to tune to this radio station. Life is flowing through the airwaves. Social media community like we've always done before. Let's do it again today. Let's, let's lighten the entire dark areas of the earth with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. Help me share the video on your page. Share with all the groups on your page. Drop them a monogram, telegram. Put them on WhatsApp group. Let's flood the earth with the truth of the gospel of Christ. All our Bible study centers and all our campuses all over the world. So glad to have everybody connected to this service. Hey guys, you get ready. It's going to be an adventure in the word of his grace. And everybody in the building, are we excited to be here this morning? 
Go ahead, let's celebrate what God is about to teach us in his word. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. Let's get into the world. <clears throat> Amen. Tomorrow, the 28th and the 29th, we are having a minister's conference. And all ministers of the gospel, church workers, and leaders of churches are invited all over the world all over the world to be part of this minister's conference tomorrow. At the end of every year, I meet with all my sons and daughters in ministry to share with them the things God is laying in my heart for the year coming, coming the new year. And so this year, we're opening up to ministers of the gospel all over the world because we realize a lot of them follow my teachings and a lot of them are already a part of this church family, even though they have their own ministries. Now, a lot of people sent us mails that they wanted to get the, the details to be part of the conference. And so, uh, for those that are not able to physically be in the building here tomorrow all over the world, you can join the conference on Zoom. You know, we use the Zoom app for, to be part of the conference, both tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Now, because we might not be able to respond to all the mails we have received within this short time, a lot of people are still emailing, and to make sure nobody is left out, I have decided to read out the Zoom details so that those of you online on different platforms, you know, uh, can get the Zoom details and you can share with other pastors and encourage them to tune in if they are not able to be here physically tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Conference begins by 5, but we we'll go live at 6 p.m. Now, the Zoom meeting ID, the Zoom meeting ID, and somebody online help us type all of these things on the platforms. Let's make sure they have them. It's a 433 433-112-6360. The passcode, the passcode for the conference is ADMI, capital letters, 1234. ADMI, 1234. Those are the details for you to hook up into the conference by Zoom. Anywhere in the world, anywhere, anywhere, including Iceland, you can hook up into this conference from anywhere. So, uh, we look forward to having all of you attend, and I will try and repeat at the end of the broadcast this morning, or at the end of the service, amen? All right, are you ready for the word of God? In the first service, I started a series of teaching this morning on praying in the spirit. And you know, like I always do with my teachings, I, 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 I take my time to make sure we doctrinally look at things fundamentally and we build, just build and build because I teach you the word of God with the intent that you too will be able to teach other people. That's why I take time to painstakingly go through all the details when I teach the word of God. So I would like encourage you to get the teaching of the first service because in the first service we took time to explain certain things in scripture which I will, I will mention in passing in this service. Alright? Now, we're dealing with praying in the spirit. The book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse number 18 and 19. Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Praying always with all prayer. So all prayer must be prayed in the spirit. All prayers. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So all prayers and all supplications 
ought to be prayed in the spirit. Put it up. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Next verse. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So all prayers ought to be prayed in the spirit. And in the course of this teaching, we will help you understand what it means to pray in the spirit. Now, you must be able to realize that when I began to teach you on how to interpret scriptures, I gave you certain, certain rules of Bible interpretation. And I still do that in the course of all teachings because the intent is to eventually equip you to be able to interpret the Bible and interpret the scriptures so that people around you and yourself can be edified. One of the rules of Bible teaching is that first of all, you must read through the Bible. You read through the Bible. That's one of the rules. You read through the Bible. And then number two, you must observe. Observation is a vital key in Bible study. You must observe. Take note of, you know, words like if, words like and, words like but. Take note of tenses. Tenses like delivered blessed all right justified sanctified they're all in the past take note of such adjectives in bible study they are not put there for decoration they are put there to help you come to a place of understanding then we also said it is after you have read through and observed that you can be able to interpret interpret the scriptures the word diharmonia to expound or to interpret the scripture taking your you know taking your pattern from jesus bible tells us when jesus rose from the dead on the way to emmaus he met certain disciples of his who were discussing the event of the past three days and he said to them gentlemen what are you guys talking about and they said to jesus are you a stranger in jerusalem have you not heard about the events of the past three days they were preaching jesus to jesus because they didn't know jesus you can be in church all your life, but you have never known Christ and you have never met Christ. All right, and Jesus turned to them and, and he said to them, Oh fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets, the prophets, Old Testament prophets, have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27 says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded. The word expounded is the word diharmonia. It means interpreted. So Jesus had to interpret Moses and interpret all the prophets. Meaning Moses and all the prophets did not speak in literal terms. Meaning they used a mode of communication that was not literal. Hence the need for diharmonia, interpret. So we interpret scriptures. And interpreting scriptures... We interpret scriptures observing the rule of contextual interpretation. What do I mean by contextual interpretation? We're talking about the rule of interpreting context, which will be pretext, post-text, to be able to understand context. Pretext will do with the verses before the verse. Post-text will do with the verses after the verse. So scriptures must be interpreted within its surrounding verses within its surrounding verses you don't cherry pick scriptures 
Because scriptures are not for memorization, they are for explanation. Explanation, not for memorization. They are not for quoting, they are for explanation. So we explain scriptures contextually. It is called exegesis. Exegesis. When a preacher just uses scriptures to back up an ideology, he is being immoral. That's immorality because he is lying against the scriptures. You don't use the scriptures to back your ideology because the scriptures have its own mind. So in Bible teaching, we do not innovate, we excavate like miners. You go in to bring out what is there. Miners don't produce the mineral, they bring out the mineral. In Bible study, we go into the scriptures, into the mind of the author to arrive at the thought that the author seeks to communicate. It is at that instance that we can say that you have an understanding of the context. That's very important. That's very, very important. Now, Ephesians chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 3. Somebody said to me, Dr. Damina, what book did you write on how to interpret the Bible? I said to him, every book I have written and every message I have preached is Bible study and Bible interpretation. Because that's all we do here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3. Listen to brother Paul. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby, next verse, whereby when you read, verse 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. As I wrote before in few words. Why did he write it? This is a key issue in understanding the mind of God. Understanding the mind of God. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. He first says, I wrote it. Then he says, it is written so that it can be read. It is written so that it can be read. So first of all, read the Bible. You are studying a text of any later. If you want to read Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. Read from Philippians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, then chapter 4. Because the entire book is one letter. It does not have chapter and verses when the author wrote it. Chapters and verses were introduced by people who published. That is why sometimes you will see a verse, a verse communicating a thought. The thought does not finish. It continues in another verse. And sometimes the thought finishes in a chapter. But doesn't finish in a chapter, continues in another chapter. Because it's one later. Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 of Ephesians, the whole six chapters is one later. So don't read it and break. Read all so you have an understanding of what the author was writing. If you just cherry pick, you will never arrive at an understanding. And if you never understand the scriptures, you can't be established. You become a victim. You know, and you'll be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So, you must read the entire letter. Alright? Brother Paul says, so that when you read, you may understand my knowledge. The word read is used 32 times. 32 times. That's the frequency in which he says something. When you read is the Greek word anaginosko. Anaginosko. A-N-A 
G-I-N-O-S-K-O. Anaginosko. When you read, the word ana means again. Ginosko means to recognize. When you read again and again and again, in the process of reading again and again, you will begin to recognize. Alright? Anaginosko. Please pay attention. So imagine if you have the word again. It just means you keep reading and reading. So when Paul says, whereby when you read, you may understand. It's like in today's language, if I'm going to say what Paul said, it will be if you keep reading, you may understand. Whereby when you read, if you keep reading, anaginosko. So you have a duty in Bible study, the first rule is observation. You must read it well. Repeat it again. And what you have not read well, you cannot interpret. In order for you to interpret what you read, you must read well. Sometimes you have some scriptures in your mind you assume you know. An assumption can be a barrier to Bible interpretation. Don't assume to know any scripture till you read. Discard that assumption and just put it aside. Read. Even if you think you know it. Think that you don't know it and read. Read with the mind of a man who don't know it. That's when the scriptures come alive. Sometimes you have to also remember that that approach will be humility to the word of God and it will help you to understand. The word anaginosko is used to relieve an experience. When you relieve an experience, it's like I give you a piece of literature to read and when you are done reading, I ask you to tell me what you read. If you're able to narrate everything you read, it means you read observing anaginosko. It means you read with an intent to understand, to be able to relieve what you read. You're not just reading. You're reading with the intent of understanding. You're reading with an intent to be able to communicate the same. Please pay attention. You know, it's like you watch a movie again and again. After a while, you start recognizing certain things in the movie. After a while, you start understanding why certain moves happen in the movie. Because of continuous watching. And same thing with the Bible. You have to read again and again. And never assume that you know until you know. So we have a duty not to have read the scriptures. Not to have read the scriptures. But to be reading the scriptures. We have a duty not to have read the scriptures, but to be reading the scriptures. Understanding revelation is related to how dutiful and how diligent we are in reading. Reading is key, whereby when you read, you may understand. Look at the kind of questions Jesus asked people in his day. You know, anaginosko. Questions like Matthew 12 verse 3. Matthew chapter 12 verse 3. See the way Jesus will speak to people. But he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was unhungered and they that were with him? Have you not read? Jesus used it many times. Let's examine a few of them. Because that word, have you not read, is anaginosko. Have you not read again and again to the point of recognizing certain things? Why are you asking me like one who has not read? Because if you have read, you shouldn't be asking me this. 
That's why when they ask him, his response will be, have you not read? Because you're asking like one who has not read. Have you not read? And Jesus asks a number of that with his disciples. <clears throat> Have you not read means, didn't you read properly? Didn't you read properly? In Matthew 12 verse 5, he asked again, Matthew chapter 12 verse number 5. Or, have you not read in the law? How that on the Sabbath days, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. Have you not read? He asks again. You can use, have you not read properly in the law? So he points them to, 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 he points that to them. In Matthew 19 verse 4, Matthew chapter 19 verse number 4, please pay attention. And he answered and said unto them, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning, made them male and female? He is saying, address your mind. He is saying, you are asking this question because you have not addressed your mind properly to the facts. Address your mind properly to the facts in the context. Otherwise, you will be asking like one who has not read. It means to relive the moment or to see it again. Alright, if it is in today's English, I will say, go and read it again. Go and read it again. So, there's a properliness in reading. You address your mind to the issues. There's a properliness in reading. In Bible study, if many of us read our school books and our career, the way we read the Bible, we will have not only failed. Failure will be better than what will have been. The way we read the Bible, if that's how you read your school books, you will not only fail. That is failure will be better than what you will be. Because the way we read our Bible, we read it like just something that, uh, something that makes me. We have to be dutiful. More dutiful in reading the Bible than we read our university materials. More dutiful. You know? You read medicine, the kind of reading you read is no joke. You read law, the kind of reading you read it's no joke. I mean, you read um, architecture. You read history. Then it comes to the Bible. Some of you have been carrying your Bible since you were born. You have never read half of it. You on your own has never read a complete book of the Bible. And you are a believer. This is your Christianity. Eh? <laughs> it's a serious one. The only book you have for your Christian experience and relationship with God. The only book you have that helps you to relate to the invisible world is the Bible. Yet, you don't read it. And you want to live a victorious life. Victory from where? From above? Or from where? Ignorance is a major disease. When you don't know what you have, you function like one who doesn't have it. Have you gone home or you're here? Praise God. I say praise God. Matthew 21 verse 16. Look at what Jesus will say. Matthew 21 verse number 16. And he said unto them, Hearest thou what this say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read? 
Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, that was perfected praise. Have you never read? <laughs> I love Jesus. Matthew 24, 42. Anaginosko. Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord come. Next verse. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief will come, he will have watched and will not have suffered his house to be broken up. So, anaginosko means to read properly. He is saying, pay attention to details. Anytime he said, have you not read, those verses in question are among other verses. Have you not read where this was said? It was not only that that was said, but it was said in the midst of other things that were said. And that's why you must pay attention. It's like, didn't you take note of this in your reading? So, the kind of reading required in Bible study is to take note or to take notice. Look at Matthew twenty-two thirty-one. Matthew 22, verse number 31. Mm -mm. But as touching the resurrection of the dead... Have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God saying, Have you not read, next verse, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So it's important to read. Reading cannot be substituted for any other thing. You must read. The only way to read is to read. You must read through. You know, brother, brother Philip encountered a certain man in Acts chapter 8. And uh, asked that, that man asked Philip a golden question. Acts chapter 8 verse 28. Put it up for me. <clears throat> Going to read a, a few of those verses. Acts 8 22. Was returning and sitting in his chariot. Read Isaiah the prophet. Next verse. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Next verse. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Next verse. And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his sharer, so opened he not his mouth. Next verse. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some... That is intelligent reading. When you read intelligently, in the process of reading... Questions begin to pop up. That is when you know you are reading. Not that you are reading and everything goes. No, you are not reading. You are glancing. When you are really reading, you become interrogative. That's why Jesus will say, you search the scriptures. The word search in the Greek is, you interrogate the scriptures. Interrogate, investigate the scriptures. For in them, you think you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. The man said, of whom speaketh the prophet Isaiah? Of himself or of some other man? Now that gave Philip an idea that this guy is really, really paying attention. Next verse. Then Philip opened his mouth 
and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. The same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now this is the story of the utopian eunuch who was returning on his chariot. The style of reading was that they read very loud because Philip had him reading. They didn't read quiet. That's how they read the Bible in Bible days. They read very loud and they read out. That means you read in a way where you yourself are hearing yourself. That's how to read the Bible properly. And then he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? But the first thing is that the man was reading. So he has met Ruluan. He didn't say, understand it thou Greek and Hebrew. Greek and Hebrew is not your first line of learning Bible. Leave Greek and Hebrew for me for now. You read first. Don't let Greek and Hebrew defeat you. I'm not using Greek and Hebrew to intimidate you or to make you think I'm intelligent. Greek is somebody's language. Hebrew is somebody's language. The only reason why I have to use Greek and Hebrew is because English language is young and English language is progressing. When the Bible was interpreted from Greek and Hebrew to English, English was too young. So certain expressions in English deny you the privilege of understanding what the author intended to say. So with today's understanding of English, when I look at English Bible and I see certain things that do not add up, then I go to the Greek and the Hebrew to check what was said and I interpret it with today's understanding to bring you to a place where you can see clearly what the author intended. And that's the duty of a Bible teacher. So it's not for intimidation. It's to make myself more efficient in explaining the Bible to you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's for efficiency. It's not for... Okay, if you read, have you not read? You know, have you not read? Just say, okay, it's simply to read. But when you look at the Greek, anaginosko, have you not read attentively? Didn't you pay attention when you were reading? Because if you were reading by paying attention, you wouldn't ask the questions you're asking. So that means it's not just casual reading. Okay? It's aggressive, dedicated reading. And that kind of Bible study, when you finish, you don't say, I am refreshed. When you finish, say, I'm tired. I'm very tired. Yesterday, I studied for nine hours. And when I finished, I stood up and I told everybody around me, I am tired. Every day I study, I get tired. I study every day, every day of my life. Even this morning, I've studied two hours already. I study every day of my life. I live my life studying. What else am I here for? I study the word of God because people require the word of God from my mouth. And I must be able to say it the way it is supposed to be said. I can decide to just preach nonsense. And you will be shouting amen. But when I appear before Jesus, I will face the music. So I've got to be honest in the way I teach you the word of God. So that even if you don't like me today because I have used my teaching to scatter what you knew. After 5-10 years when you grow up, you will come back to what I'm teaching. Because no matter how you run away from the truth, one day you will come back to it. That's why I'm not afraid of what I'm teaching. What I'm teaching you, I put it on global platform. Where theologians, 
Bible scholars, professors of the Bible have access to hear what I'm teaching. So that if what I'm teaching is not true, they can challenge me on it. I'm not hiding to teach it because what I'm teaching is the truth. Nothing but the truth. It may go against religion. It may go against the things you are taught traditionally in churches. But when the chips are down, what I'm teaching will stand the test of time. See? Am I communicating at all? Yeah. So I'm not ashamed of what I'm teaching. Not ashamed of it. I'm not bothered. I've been teaching and telling you communion is not, is not New Testament. Communion is not a practice. Some people don't like me for it. Their liking will not put food on my table. Yesterday, somebody called me, a bishop called me from Lagos. He said, listening to you this evening on communion, now I get it. You are very correct. Now I have seen it. See? Before, he didn't like me because he felt I was attacking communion. Now his eyes have opened to see that there is no communion in the New Testament. In fact, in the whole Bible, there's no communion. It's not anywhere. If you find it, show me. It's not anywhere. What we call communion today is a rebranded version of the Passover. The only thing you see is Passover. And Passover was not bread and ribena or bread and coke. Passover was a feast of the Jews that was used to point to the coming of Jesus. When Jesus showed up, the Passover arrived. So we don't need that bread and ribena because the real Passover is here. He's not only here, he lives on your inside. I thought somebody would shout glory. Why will I be eating bread and drink when the real person I'm trying to eat is living inside me? First Corinthians 5 7 says, Christ our Passover. First, put it up. First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. He says, Purge out therefore the old living that you may be a new lump as you are unliving. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So in the Old Testament, they ate bread and ribena to point to Christ. Since they didn't have Christ, they ate something that symbolized Christ. To show that they have faith in Christ, even though he was not there. So every time they were eating that, they were doing it with Christ in mind. And somebody said to me, why is it that when Jesus came, he too, he ate with them? Because he was born under the law. So since he was still under the law to fulfill the law, he had to do what they did under the law. But the moment he died and rose, the Lord was taken out of the way. So today we don't observe the law because the reality lives on our inside. Christ in you. I thought somebody would shout Glory. Somebody said to me somewhere, but I eat communion so that I can be healed. No, it's not communion that heals you. He sent his word and his word healeth them. The healer is God's word. It's not Ribena. When you eat Ribena and bread, when you go to the toilet, it's out. Yeah, it perishes by the using. The only thing that will not go out is the word of God. Because the word of God lives and abides forever. Leave that side, leave that side, leave that side. Let's come back to Anna Ginosko. Teaching good this morning. So Philip.
took his time and read the written word and engaged the law of corroboration. He must have given the man different scriptures to explain Christ. Remember the key is that the eunuch read. Obviously, the man did not read it casually. Those who read scriptures casually, it's very difficult to teach them. Because even their lives are casual. It's the responsibility of the pastor to ensure that every member of the church is reading. You must read the Bible. And I'm here to teach you nothing but the written word. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 27. Please pay attention. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 27. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. You know, in Bible days, they didn't have a Bible. So he said, I charge you, take this epistle, read it, let everybody hear. Look at Colossians 4.16. Colossians chapter 4 verse 16. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Lydosians. And that you likewise read the epistle from Lydosia. So they were sharing epistles. Letters were transferred from one church to another for the purpose of reading. For the purpose of reading. Why was it so? Because there was no printing press available. No printing press. That's why till tomorrow, listen carefully, on every available verse of the Bible, you have at least 5,000 manuscripts for every verse. Every verse of the Bible has over 5,000 manuscripts because the only way they could get it was to write it. Then when they write it, they read it. When they read it, they transfer it. So everybody was writing. So the ancient manuscripts of the Bible, each verse had at least 5,000 manuscripts of the same. If you get to the archives or the library of how the Bible was written. That's no joke at all because they didn't have printing press. So they had to write with their hands, you know. Now, how can you grow when you are ready, when you are very lazy to write scriptures? You come to church with writing materials because a lot will be taught and your head can carry all. So you need to write. Why are you writing? So you can read. Why are you read, reading? Because you wrote. Some say, but I'll get the CD. That's a lazy approach to Bible study. There is something writing notes does to your understanding. There's something writing notes does to your understanding. Even if you write the note three times, it grows your understanding. Sometimes when I write notes, I rewrite them and I recopy it. And in the process of recopying the notes that I will teach you from, it registers. So I can come here and teach without looking at my notes because I have copied and copied and copied carefully and it has registered in my mind. It's, a, it's learning. Learning is tedious. Learning is a discipline. It's a discipline. That's why lazy people can go to school. Only diligent people can go to school. Lazy people drop out. Lazy people can start school and not graduate. But it takes diligence. There's a quality of discipline required to read through and pass. The same thing with the word of God. There are many things that would discourage you. But because you are persuaded and you are determined, you overlook them to graduate. Same thing with Bible study. Same thing with Bible study. It requires discipline. 
And just like you study, I also study. So the same discipline you're having, I'm having even more. Because I, I study more. I excavate. If you see my study, it's like a construction site. It's excavation all over. Books are scattered everywhere. Opened in certain ways. And my house members are warned not to touch any book. Even if they open it and drop it on the floor like this. Leave it there. If you will sweep, sweep around it and go. Don't touch. Because you don't know why it is spread like that. Excavation is still in progress. <laughs> it's a construction site. <laughs> my bed. Mama says your bed is a junkyard. My bed, you see books on top of my bed. Books, biro. Some books are folded. Some you see a long line. Some notes scattered. Oh, I sleep with them. I wake up with them. That's the only way I can feed you like this. It's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of discipline. And I'm glad to do it. Because it's blessing you. The joy of my study is to see you blessed. To see you grow. And to see you teaching the word the way I'm teaching it. <laughs> Yeah, when I see my spiritual sons and daughters excavating scripture and teaching people the same, quoting Greek, Hebrew all over the place and explaining exegesis, making scripture interpret scripture. I shake my head and say, that's right. It was worth the study. And I have them all over the place. From this house everywhere. Sons and daughters who I'm building doctrinally to teach the same. The things you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same can be to faithful men. That's what life is all about. Somebody getting blessed, shout, I hear you. I say, shout, I hear you. So, anaginosko is to pay attention to details. First Thessalonians 5.27, where we read, you see that all believers must be commanded to read. Read. I'd like you to turn to your neighbor and say, read the scriptures. I didn't hear you. Can I hear you louder? Can I hear powerful amen? amen? Now, in the first service, we began to deal with praying in the spirit. And I took time to show you what it is not. So I can show you what it is. We read Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Put it up again quickly. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Many people have used that scripture for prayer. But like we said in the first service, that scripture is not for prayer. Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When we read the pretext and the post-text and we did some word study, we discovered that the word pray is the word wish. We should wish for as we ought. We discovered that it is not the spirit that groans, rather it is we that are groaning to put on our resurrected bodies. It is we groaning in our mortality so we can wear immortality. And I did some corroboration. So it's not a prayer, but a reinforcing of the deposit of the spirit as a guarantee for the resurrection of the body. It's a response to the groaning of the body and a proof to the intercessory work of Christ. Alright? Now, remember, you cannot get the result of God by misinterpreting the Bible. You can never get the result of God by misinterpreting the Bible. That's very clear. 
you can know Jesus and if you know Jesus clearly, he was very particular about what the scriptures taught. That's why he kept saying, have you not read? He never allowed people to misinterpret scriptures. If you look at the teachings of Jesus, every time he taught, beginning at Moses, and he always went through the scriptures. That was Jesus' pattern of teaching. He always went through. Always. That's why you have people like Peter who say, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. When we saw him on the holy mountain, he appeared to us, we heard his voice. Then Peter will say, but we have also a more sure word. Beyond our visions and dreams, the word of God is superior. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Wherefore, you do well that you take heed unto that word. So it's important for you to take note of that. A truth cannot be found in a lie. A truth cannot be found in a lie. What has been working is not that verse. Somebody say, but I've been using that verse, Romans 8.26, to pray and it has been working. A truth cannot be found in a lie. That verse is not a verse for prayer. The fact that you use it to pray and it works is not that verse that is working. It's something else that is working. Because a truth cannot be found in a lie. When a scripture is misinterpreted, that is a lie communicated. Because the scriptures can never mean today what it didn't mean when it was first written. There is consistency in the truth of the scriptures. Because it is a divine message. And a divine message is consistent. Now can there be groanings in prayer? We will find out in the process. And that's the beauty of contextual study. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. <clears throat> A few things to open up to you in this service. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So now we have double emphasis in praying and we have double emphasis in supplication. Praying always with all prayer. Double emphasis. Supplication, supplication. So two words have double emphasis. Prayer and supplication. So your mind should be on praying, prayer, and supplication. When you see emphasis, that is something to pay attention to. And we have double emphasis on prayer and supplication. So let's examine supplication Supplication is the word disease in the Greek. Disease. D-E-E-S-I-S. Disease. It means heart petition that concerns you. It means bringing a request that involves you. It could be about others, but it involves you. Bringing a request or a heartfelt petition. A petition that affects your heart. Something you feel strong in your heart. This is. You can read these scriptures when you get home. Luke 1, 13. Luke 2, 37. Luke 5, 33. 
Give me Romans chapter 10 verse 1. We are dealing with, with, with supplication. This is. Brethren, my heart's desire, heartfelt desire, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. My heart's desire and prayer. So supplication is strong heartfelt. A strong heartfelt desire. That's what supplication is. A strong heartfelt desire. You can read the following scriptures at home and you will have more, more of that scripture on supplication. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 14. Philippians chapter 1 verse 4. Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. Read for me, put, put up for me Philippians 1 4 quickly. Philippians chapter 1 verse 4. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy. Always in every prayer. Always. Give me Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 verse number 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Supplication. Give me First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. First Timothy chapter 2 verse number 1. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men you can read this following at home first timothy 5 5 second timothy 1 3 hebrews 5 7 hebrews 5 7 talking about jesus look at first peter chapter 3 verse 12 first peter chapter 3 verse 12 for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Over the righteous means supplication, to supplicate. So when you find the word disease, it is used to beckon on authority. To beckon on authority. That means you're supplicating something. That is, you are asking something of God. Or, you are asking of the situation of the from the king. You are asking concerning a situation. It was used in Bible days, either to request of the king to do something. To request of the king to do something. To give a strong request or proposal to the king so that he can act that's where you have the word disease from in Ephesians 6 18 he says put it up Ephesians 6 18 praying always with all prayer that word always means every time for all saints all believers are to be prayed for this way Praying always, 
put it up again. There's a word I wanted to pick out there. And supplication in the spirit and watching. I like you to underline the word watching. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. And watching. Let's see that word watching. Mark 13.33 Mark 13.33 Take ye heed, watch and pray. For you know not when the time is. Watch and pray. So in this prayer, there is a watching. In this prayer, there is a watching. And by the way, this series I'm teaching is a continuation of my teaching on the meat called unanswered prayer. I did a, a 30 hour teaching on that some time back. This is a continuation of that teaching. Okay. So there is watching in this kind of prayer. There's a watching in this supplication. You watch, you observe, you look intently when praying this prayer. Okay. Luke 21, 36. Luke 21, 36. A lot of scriptures. Very good for your health. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So there's a watching. In Hebrews 13, 17, he said, you should obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch over your soul. Those, the same word for watch. So that means in this prayer, there's a watching. That is, we pray and observe. We don't just pray. We pray and observe. With all perseverance. We pray, we watch, with all perseverance. Please stay with me. To persevere and supplicate for all saints. That word to persevere is the word proskateresis in the Greek. Proskateresis. For those of you writing, it's P-R-O, pro, P-R-O. Skateresis is S-K-A-R, S-K-A-R-T-E. R-E-S-I-S. -I, I repeat, S-K-A-R-T-E-R-E-S-I-S. Proskateresis. Why does he use that word here, the word watching? Proskateresis. He is talking about committed prayer. Committed. Watching which will drive home the commitment. Watching, you are praying and watching. The watching is what drives home the commitment. And so you get this word, proskateresis from proskaterio. Proskaterio in the Greek. P-R-O-S-K-A-T-E-R-E-O. Proskaterio, which can be used for a few things. For example, Romans 12, 12. Put it up for me. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So it is used for prayer. The word perseverance. 
Perseverance means to continue. In this kind of prayer, you pray, you watch with a continuity attitude. With an attitude of continuation. When it is used, it is used with the intent to prevail. This kind of prayer is a prayer you are praying to prevail. You are not praying to give up. You are committed to the prayer that the prayer will not stop until the result is on ground. This is it's a prayer with a commitment. And the intent is to prevail. That's the nature of supplication. In supplication, you continue. Supplication is a prayer you don't stop until the result arrives. You're praying for a family to have a fruit of the womb. You stay on that prayer. You keep speaking the fruit of the womb into that marriage until the miracle happens. This is. You're praying for a young woman to get married. You stay on that prayer. It's not a prayer of receive your husband. Amen. Receive your husband. Amen. Finish. No, no. Because what that prayer will have to do is to galvanize circumstances. Arrange situations and locate a young man that is ready to marry and is in search of a woman and then carry that young man. The prayer will carry the young man and move him through circumstances and situations. And as you stay in that prayer, it will keep moving. The young man will not know why things are working like this for him until he will arrive where you are. It's not uh, take it, receive. No, there is receival for a different thing. In, in supplication, you pray until... Because the intent of the prayer is to prevail. Are we teaching here? Yes. yes. It's prayer that changes things. Prayer that you stay on until the desired result comes. So, you can see that lazy people can't pray this kind of prayer. Because it is a committed request. This is, is the prayer of supplication continuing instant in prayer so we are watching to prevail we are on the alert to prevail you are praying and you are watching and you stay there because while you are praying and watching let me not jump ahead of myself while you are praying and watching the holy ghost through your prayer will start giving you direction there are times you may need to travel to a certain location there are times you may have to take certain decisions. There are times you may need to change some approach. It is in the midst of the prayer, as you are watching, you will see the signals of the spirit that will help you to navigate to where the answer is either waiting or will position you where the answer will find you. Am I teaching good? It's a prayer of supplication. It's a prayer of commitment. You stay in it, you don't quit, you don't surrender. Continuing instant in prayer. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. This kind of prayer always has watching attached. Continue in the same with thanksgiving. We must attend to it and continue. So it's making us know that getting result in prayer is based on our commitment to it. Based on our commitment to it. 
getting results in prayer is based on our commitment to it. Alright? It is also used for waiting upon something. Watch means to wait upon something. Mark 3, 9. Mark chapter 3 verse 9. <clears throat> and he spoke to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him. Should wait on him because of the multitude lest they should throng him. To wait on him. To be available for him. Acts chapter 1 verse 14. See what happened. You know when they were waiting for the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 14. This all continued with one accord in prayer. And supplication. With the women. And Mary the mother of Jesus. And with his brethren. Do you know why they particularly mentioned Mary? To show you that Mary the mother of Jesus. Received Jesus as her savior. And to show you that Mary obeyed Jesus. Went to Jerusalem. And stayed with them in prayer. Meaning on the day of Pentecost. Mary was inside the room when they spoke in tongues. Mary also spoke in tongues. She didn't say, am I not the mother of God? I am the one to be praying for you. No, no. Mary humbled herself, joined the people to pray, and entered the place on the day of Pentecost and waited for the Holy Ghost. And Mary spoke in tongues and prophesied. Mary spoke in tongues and prophesied. That's why you don't ask Mary to pray for you. You and Mary are the same before God. The same way she received Christ, you receive Christ. The same way she received the Holy Ghost, you receive the Holy Ghost. So I say, but is she not the one that gave birth to Jesus? Yeah, she is the one that gave birth to Jesus. If she had said no, Jesus would have looked for another person. Jesus stayed inside her for nine months. He stays in you forever. He lives in you forever. We thank God for her. But that's the end of it. I won't begin to ask Mary to pray for me. For what now? For what? Don't I have mouth? I have mouth. Me too, I can pray. Bible says we all pray. How many of us pray? Everybody ought to be praying. Don't be a prayer collector. You learn how to pray. It's so important because if you can't pray for yourself, if you depend on people's prayer, this life will show you. Because people too, they can pray for you for some time, but they too have their own challenges to face. So after they pray some more for you, they concentrate on their own. So if you're not praying for yourself, you're in trouble. That's why when Jesus took his disciples, he said, gentlemen, my soul is sorrowful. Come, let's go and pray. When they got to the place of prayer, he said, you guys stay here. He took three. He said, you guys, I trust you more than the others. Pray well. Lord. Then he went further and prayed for himself. He didn't rely on their prayer. He prayed for himself because friends, if your life is dependent on people's prayer, you will live a life of sorrow. You must learn to pray by yourself. You have to learn to pray. Jesus prayed. After some time, he stood up to come and check these people that are supposed to be praying for him. They were snoring. They were snoring. He woke them up. Can't you watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you fall not into temptation. Pray. He went back. You have to learn to pray. I remember when I started ministry newly, some guys, because they had money, they would be bringing us to their house to pray for them while they sleep. I did that kind of ministry, oh. Because me too, I wanted the money. So that I can do ministry that time. So we will come to this big, big man's house. 
Then they will give us their prayer request on paper around 11 o'clock. Then they will enter bedroom and sleep. Then we will pray till morning. Then they will come out in the morning and say, the prayers were very powerful. I was hearing it while I was sleeping. You guys are really powerful. Okay, take 100,000. You take 50,000. God bless you. Come back next week. Oh. After I prayed that prayer for a few weeks, I said, God forbid. God forbid that I be praying for money. Instead, let me not pray. Instead, let me be hungry. Why will I be praying for a man to pay me? What for? How much can he pay for prayer? You know what prayer is? It's in one of those prayers that we're praying with somebody. He started praying and said, oh, oh, oh. Before I knew it, he started coughing blood. I said, stop. He said, no, it's the spirit. I said, no, this is not the spirit. You need medical attention. You are coughing blood. There's no scripture that says you should pray and cough blood. Once blood starts coming out, you are a medical case. I told him, stop. The prayer is over. This was around 2 o'clock. He said, the man will say we didn't pray well. I said, you want to die? <laughs> Prayer has finished. God has answered. If the man comes now, we will tell him God has answered. Stop coughing. Settle down. I got him some water to drink. We sat down and calmed down. The man woke up in the morning. He said, the prayer has finished earlier. I said, because God answered very fast. Give us our money. <laughs> we will be praying for you. You pray for yourself now. <laughs> Can't you pray? <laughs> that guy is a victim of bad pastoring. When a pastor, when a man is well pastored, he learns to pray. You learn to pray. We pray. We pray for one another. But we also pray for ourselves. Somebody say, I hear you. I say, somebody say, I hear you. So in prayer, we watch. We continue. We watch. We continue. We are instant. Acts 10, 7. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 7. Acts 10, 7. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him. How? Continually. So it brings in a commitment in prayer. So praying in the spirit, as much as it involves tongues, has to do with steadfastness. Steadfastness. There's a steadfastness to it. And they say continuity to it. That's why he says always for all saints. Then he said in the spirit. So even though it's in the spirit, it requires an attitude of steadfastness. You pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and watch and watch and pray until you see it happen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We watch to prevail. We wait to prevail. We watch to prevail. We wait to prevail. I'm going to get into some details of what I've started teaching you here in this service. And let me tell you, if you really want to live a victorious life on earth, you cannot do without prayer. Prayer is a necessity in your adventure with God on earth. Prayer. Prayer is so vital for the believer because prayer is what keeps your communication with the invisible. Prayer is your medium of fellowship with the immortal. Prayer is your medium of exercising your authority on the earth. So when you start praying, 
You start exercising authority. Prayer is that medium where your authority because you rule with words. So when you start praying, you start releasing your influence over nature, over things. Circumstances begin to bow. Situations begin to comply. Impossibilities begin to become possible. Where they say it cannot work, it starts working. Because prayer will enter there and shift things and rearrange things. And create space for you to enter. Am I talking to somebody here? Kabodaga. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man make a tremendous power available that is dynamic in his workings. As you stand on your feet and get ready to shout the loudest amen in this building, your best days are ahead. Your best days are ahead. Your best days are ahead. Your brightest days are ahead. Ah, the path of the righteous is as the shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. I speak unto you today as your amen is coming like thunder. Every day of your future will be better than the past. Hey, Shakotalaba, Nebrota Sekeledebaba. Wherever you are found, circumstances will obey you, situations will bow to you. Hey, Egemanokata. Where you need a miracle in this service. As your amen is coming like thunder. I command tumors in your body to melt out right now. Growth disappear right now. Disease be healed. Heart disease be corrected. Asthma out. High blood pressure cease. Body be healed. Be healed. Be healed. From your head to the soles of your foot. Agama Lobato Maraka. Where you need a new part in your body. Where you need a creative miracle. As your amen is coming like thunder. Receive creative miracles. Receive creative miracles. Receive creative miracles. Receive creative miracles. I command hearing conditions corrected. I command your eye conditions corrected. Satan, get your hands off. In the name of Jesus. Receive miracles. Receive favors. Receive miracles. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that your word never comes back void. I thank you that you watch over your word to perform it. I thank you, Lord, that you confirm your word with signs, wonders, and miracles. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is magnified among us. So I decree and I declare that in the name of Jesus, right where you are standing, manifestation of miracles. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. Great grace is upon you. The eyes of your understanding is being enlightened. You are built up. You are established. You are grounded in the truth of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Great grace is upon you. In Jesus precious name. And if you believe that prayer is answered. Let your amen come on a note of final letter. I want to see you rejoice for another 10-15 seconds. Give the Lord the greatest praise. Glory. Glory.
Glory! Glory! Amen! Woo! Now listen to me. I want to take up your offerings right now because in another two minutes or so, we'll be doing the second segment of this service, which is Ask the Counselor. We'll be responding to your mails, your phone calls, your questions, and all of that for another few minutes in this segment. And then at the end of that, we will be able to tidy up the service and get ready to go. I'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush in another few minutes. But I'd like you to grab your offerings, everybody. Those watching online, those watching on television, those watching on social media, the radio audience in another few minutes, you'll be told what account to send in your offerings into. But we want you to know we love you so much. And while people are packaging their offerings, for the minister's conference tomorrow and Tuesday, those of you that want to join online around the world by Zoom, these are the details by Zoom, and this is because we may not be able to reply your mail. So help us take down the details and help us communicate with people that are asking for the Zoom details. The ID is 433-112-6360. Somebody is typing it on the screen for you online and on television, if you check the screen. The passcode is ADMI, ADMI. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. ADMI, one, two, three, four. That is for the conference that holds beginning from tomorrow for ministers of the gospel globally right here at Power City. And this is because we know many people can travel down. So you can join us by way of Zoom tomorrow, 6 p.m. and Tuesday, 6 p.m. GMT plus one. Lift up your offerings. Don't be tired. Stand on your feet and honor Christ and his word. And let's give. And even if you don't have an offering, your attitude is very critical. You stand up with a heart of joy. You may not have, but Lord, I thank you for the privilege of knowing your word. And I worship you. It's not all about money. There's more, that, that there's more to giving than money. Your heart is critical because your heart determines what's in your hand. Can I have a good amen? All right, lift up your offerings to heaven, everybody, and all over the world. The reason why you lift up your offerings to heaven is because we worship God by lifting up holy hands. So when you have an offering in it and you lift up, it's worship unto God. Father, we thank you for the privilege of giving this afternoon and the opportunity to honor the world, honor Christ, and honor the finished work of Christ. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. And everyone, under the sound of my voice, as your people receive the engrafted word, that these offerings will be a sweet smell. And thank you for the blessing of your word that is upon our offerings today. And we decree that as your people give, every need is met supernaturally. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer sees that amen like thunder. Yeah. Now online, you know you're going to be part of the council, so we're not signing you off. And then at the end of the service, we will take our kingdom investment and worship offerings at the end of the service. So wherever you are around the world, we're just going to rejoice and give. And if you're giving, the banking details are all over. Just do what you need to do. And I'd like you guys to hit the song. Let's do it as we give. And everybody else, you march out to the altar and drop your offerings anywhere around the pulpit. Anywhere around this pulpit. All over the place. Come on, somebody rejoice! Yeah. Come on and make some noise this morning! Woo. Hallelujah!
second segment of the service. Praise God forevermore. Mm, amen. Global Baba. Intercontinental. Good afternoon, sir. Good to see you here. Fantastic. Praise God. Good afternoon, church. <coughs> so nice to see you. Just before you sit down, let me just connect with our radio audience and give them the information I know they are waiting for. Bank details. The account name is Power City International. They are free. I said just before you sit down, please don't sit down. Thank you. I'm now the new Global Baba. I'm in charge now until Global Baba comes on. Okay, so Power City International is the account name. There are three banks. FCMB is number one. Zenith is number two. UBA is number three. I start with Zenith on this edition of the program. 10, 12, 36, 59, 12. 10, 12, 36, 59, 12. That's the account name. Excuse me, account number for Zenith. The account name is Power City International. The same for UBA. 139, 26. 465 That's for UBA account name Steel Power City International. Also for FCMB 2982-6820-28. That's announcement number one. For sponsorship of um, Riot Life and access the counselor and indeed other things that we've been doing all through year 2021. You can just call up plus two three four if you are calling from outside the country. Otherwise, it's 0803 275-6104 or send an email or two to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. That doctor there is DR. Finally, in the course of the program, I was just talking with the producer backstage and we're looking at saying we can squeeze in some calls here and there. The number to dial if you are calling from outside the country is plus 234. Otherwise, it's 0806 And uh, you can also email, ask the counselor now, at gmail.com plus you can send us an sms or two plus two three four seven oh three six nine one eight six four two global bar very nice very nice so to be to here with you, here you. it's better even for me global bar but we need to <coughs> excuse me set the stage we need to have a special prayer uh, global bar for mankind especially at such a time as now let's pray together father we rejoice and we thank you for victory that we have in you and we thank you because of the hope that we have in you. And we rejoice because you've given us authority in this world. Therefore, as your church, we stand today to declare concerning our city, our nation, 
and the world at large. We ask that in the name of Jesus, the glorious light of the gospel of Christ, which is the hope and the answer to man's problem, will rise big and penetrate every man's world. That men will come to the knowledge of the truth. We decree that ministers of the gospel are raised in every planet of this earth to preach the truth of the gospel. And we decree that in the name of Jesus, disciples are raised and believers are equipped. We pray for our governments that Lord, even in these times, that our leaders know what to do and do what is right. That they provide enabling environments for us in our societies for the gospel to thrive. And we thank you Lord for the victory. We pray, oh God, also concerning everyone that is going through one thing or the other in our society here we ask for an intervention of god and we declare a miracle of divine intervention and we thank you for answered prayer because you hear us always in jesus precious name and every believer sees a powerful amen amen okay global baba please be seated thank you for staying with us please put your hands together even as you do so Global Baba, the last time we were live on the show, we were in um, Cameroon. We spent the night in Cameroon, next door, Cameroon. Sure. And it's, it's, it's important to also note that um, the night before that, we spent the night in another Francophone republic. Uh, you know, that's France, Paris. So now we're coming back. So we start from Cameroon on this edition of the program. An interesting one. Hello, Global Baba. I serially called the number you asked me to call. Um, or the number you called out on radio to speak with you. But the pastor kept telling me to call at uh, certain specific hours so he could connect me to you. This continued for some time. Global Barbati, I became exasperated. Then I decided to confide my situation in him. That's the pastor with the phone. He said he would act on your behalf and counsel me. Yeah. He went through the scriptures and told me some things that really blessed me. My eyes were opened. Then he prayed for me. Now, Global Baba, the situation around me has changed greatly. Thank you very much, Global Baba, for dupli duplicating yourself in young men and our young generation. Thank you for what God is using you to accomplish in our generation and the impact you are making. Thank you. That anonymous entry from the Republic of Cameroon sets the stage wow. on this edition of wow. the program. Wow, that's a good one. That's what I was saying. No, but that's sorry. all you say. That's all you say. That's a good one. Yes, we're equipping people. On <laughs> <laughs> no, Global Baba, you know, it's such, it's such an impact. It's such, um, it's so great. It's humongous. It's, yep. uh, there's no word to describe it. Truth. That somebody, you think it's just a phone bearer. It's only just to answer telephone no, calls. No, 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 no. No, no, I said, you would have thought so. Okay, yes, that's but true. But here he is. That's true. He's just, that's he's just there. But then... All these cameramen, if they preach now, you won't believe it. All these boys. Global Baba, even all funny, man. All of them. All uh -huh. of them. Editors. What about Owambe? Instrument. Uh, Owambe, if he preaches here, you won't think he's a guy on the computer. Owambe. Everybody <laughs> in our office is worded. Well, because you can't sit down under this. Mm. The editors edit and they listen and listen, listen and, and listen, listen to one message. They keep editing until it's perfect. So it enters. Mm. And they're doing it over a period. There's no way they won't know the word. My so God. everybody in our office Fantastic. is Fantastic. Can you just put, please put your hands together again for the great work he's doing. Okay. Another anonymous entry, Global Barbas, we run out of the Republic of Cameroon, says, uh, compliments of the season, Global Barbas. Please, I want to know if it is God that created Shemel he female bisexuals are they entitled to sexual activity or is it antichrist well the bible tells us that men did not retain god in their hearts in romans chapter 1 verse 24 25 26 27 28 
And because they did not retain God in their minds, they did things that are not natural. So bisexualism and homosexuality is not natural. Because that's not the way God intended for people to be. People that are into homosexuality and bi bisexuality and all of that are actually suffering from identity crisis. They don't know who they are. So they choose anything that sounds right to their understanding. So what do we do with such people? We expose them to the gospel. When they begin to see Christ and begin to see the life of Christ and they begin to see who Jesus is, in who Jesus is, they will discover who they are. And once that happens, they will get, you know, we even had some testimony of some guy that was into, you know, homosexuality. And as he kept listening to our messages here, he began to realize that he's actually a man. And now he wants to get married and he was asking if he is permitted to get married. So there are people like that who after listening, they come face to face with their true identity and the crisis disappears and they accept who they are, whom God created them. So it's just identity crisis. Okay, one last anonymous entry, and then we leave Cameroon. It says, please, I need clarity, Global Baba, on Luke 4:18, where Jesus says, to preach deliverance to the captives. Does it mean that if somebody manifests like a demon during a church service, we cannot cast out the demon through deliverance, Global Baba? No, we don't deliver people. It's not deliverance. Deliverance is preaching. But we can cast out demons. Those are two different things. There's a difference between casting out demons and deliverance. Deliverance is salvation. Casting out demons is to expel unclean spirits. So if somebody has an unclean spirit and begins to make noise in a service, we just tell him to, you unclean spirit, out. The demon goes, we continue what we're doing. The demon does not take our attention because we are not gathered for the demon. We are gathered for the word of God. And that demon is just a distraction which we, we simply fix and proceed with what we're doing. You know where the gospel is concerned. Okay, Global Baba, let's head out of uh, Cameroon. We're heading straight to Zambia. Hello, Global Baba and the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. You built doctrine in me to a point where now everything I do is Christocentric. Whenever a person is speaking, what I look for is Christ. Global Baba, I have now understood that there is non-essentials as far as Christianity is concerned. Now, Global Baba, is there anything wrong to pass a dead body in a church building for service before burial? I ask this because there is a church that teaches against this, saying the church is not for the dead, but for the living. This is Leonard from Kitwe, Zambia. Well, again, that's a non-essential. I know many churches in America where if somebody dies, they, they what they call waiting, is it waiting, waiting in state or something? Lying in state. Lying in state, state sorry. Mm -hmm. Lying in state is done in the church. They bring the, press, the body to the church. The pastor will preach the message, get people born again, and then they will pay their last respect. Then they will take the body from the pulpit to go and bury the body you know so it's, it's it depends on what the church wants to do there's no hard rule on such things a church is just a building nothing makes this place better than your house nothing this building is as good as your parlor because what happens here can happen in your parlor there's nothing making this building special it's just a venue where we gather to teach the word of god and if we are not here today this can become a disco hall it can become anything so what makes this place a place is that we came here, which we could have gone anywhere else. So if a church decides to bring the dead body to lie in state in the building as part of their honoring the body or honoring the brother or whoever passed, there's nothing wrong about it. Okay, Global Baba. 
I was just going to go to another entry from uh, Zambia. Let me just see what I can bring that out in a moment. Okay, here it is. It says, uh, hello, Global Baba. My husband and I have been blessed by your messages. We've been listening to you since 2014 from here in Zambia. The problem, though, Global Baba, is that we have grown so much in grace such that when I go to church, all I hear is law, and it makes me feel bad. The pastor we have seems as if he called himself to ministry. Whenever he's preaching, he talks against other people. He despises what they are putting on. He tells uh, them that they are cursed if they don't give. Whenever I hear this, Global Baba, my spirit grieves. I've stopped going to church for now. Am I wrong? Please advise. Chilesha Prudence no, in not, Mufulira, Zambia. You're not wrong. You can't keep sitting under somebody who speaks, not, not, does, does not speak life, wasting your time. Speaking things that are not building you up. The reason why you go to church is to learn Christ, to study Christ. So if they are not teaching Christ, there is not a church. Maybe it's a social gathering or it's a motivational gathering or it's a cultural service. And you, you don't want to go and waste your time in that place. So for now, stay at home, follow us online, keep learning. And in Zambia, we have campuses. So if you want to be a part of any of our campuses in Zambia, if you send another mail, we'll connect you with Brother K, who coordinates all our campuses in the country of Zambia. Okay, Global Baba is coming very close to half past the hour here in Uyo, Nigeria. By the way, this program is running from the global headquarters of Power City International. It's located as number 98, Wangiba Road, in the heart of Uyo, Akwaibum State, Nigeria. I say that because people are still saying, I'm writing from Nigeria, I'm calling from Nigeria, not believing that the program originates here from a first caller. Hello. Okay, we lost that. I apologize. Perhaps I kept it longer than necessary on the line. Let's move from uh, Zambia to Lesetho, Global Baba. Hello, Global Baba. Please, can you pray for me? Since last week, I have felt tired. I've been sweating so much. I went to see a doctor. Today, I started having a problem of breathing. I went to see a doctor, so there are tests met, including COVID-19. The results will come out tomorrow after lunch. I'm now speaking what you taught me, Global Baba. I'm making confessions. I'm speaking against what I feel. Clara in Lesetho. Clara, we speak to your body right now. You are healed from your head to the soles of your foot. We flush out every symptoms. We decree that you receive quickening in every organ of your body and the life of God permits your whole system. You are healed and made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Global Baba, let's go to Kenya next. I have uh, one, two entries there from. I take this one. Hello, Dr. Ebel Damina. I've listened to you uh, preaching on no condition. I love your teaching. So I have a question on this teaching. If God heals without condition, is there need for a Christian to pray from Pastor Alex? In yeah. Kenya, Global Baba, can you just, uh, just take your indulgence to hold on as I take this first call on the show? Hello. Many thanks. Yes, ma'am. Many thanks for joining us. Your name, where you calling from? Hello, Papa. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much for the great work you are doing in the body of Christ. Thank you so much, Papa. Thank you, Mr. Bush, for your support. Too. Fantastic. That's who now? That, that's not thank you, Freedom, is she? Mm -hmm. Hello. I, um, this, this is Miranda. I'm calling from the U.S. Oh, Miranda. Thank you for calling us. Many, many thanks, Miranda. Bless you, okay. Miranda. Do you have a question or something? Yeah, um, Papa, I've been watching you for about two years now. And I've really, I've really learned a lot. But Papa, I have a question. Go ahead. Shoot. Go ahead. 
Hello? Yes, we are here. We are listening. Yeah, um, my question is, can, can you have a dream and it manifests physically? Okay, can you dream and it manifests physically? That's one question, second. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, second question. Yeah, because uh, if you, uh, like five years ago, um, I was dancing, so I had this dream where I, I, I found something enter my, my leg, that's my left leg, and after that, I started feeling this strange movement in my body till now, I've been praying and I've been fasting, but nothing is changing so i don't know what is going on all right miranda what you need to do is first of all you need to renew your mind with the word of god and believe that your body has been bought with a price satan cannot stay in your body no object can survive your body because your body is the temple of the holy spirit the holy spirit and an object of the enemy doesn't stay in the same body then when you do that make up your mind to exercise authority over those feelings and begin to speak the word of God over your body, and those feelings will disappear. We walk by faith, not by sight. Bless you. We take uh, three calls. This first window, we make progress. The second one. Hello. Hello. Blessings. Bless you, sir. Thank you. A Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Bush. Many, many thanks. God bless you. Yes, my question is from Matthew 22, sir. Okay. Yeah. Um, in that Matthew 22, when they, they asked Jesus a question about the resurrection, and he told them that the, in resurrection there are no marriages. Now, Apostle Paul said, we are crucified with Christ and buried and resurrected with Christ. Now, Right now, marriages are still ongoing. If we are resurrected with Christ, why are marriages still ongoing? Or are we still dead? In What's your name? What's your name? Hello? My what? name is Mr. Michael. I'm calling from Bayosa. Okay, thank you, Michael. From Bayosa, Michael. Okay. No, you see, when, when, we, when Brother Paul says, I have been crucified, you know, the English language didn't, you do, didn't do justice to you in that Galatians. What he really said is, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh. So I'm still living in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So because I'm still living in the flesh, I have not yet resurrected. But I have resurrected by identification. But my Real resurrection is the redemption of the body, which will be immortality, swallowing mortality. So when that happens, there will be, no be no marriage. But right now, because I am still in the flesh, we still get married. But when this life is over, and this mortal body puts on immortality, there will be no marriage. That's okay. what he means. Okay, a last um, caller for this window. Hello. Yeah, can we try again? Hello. 
Good morning, sir. Many thanks for joining us. You know where you're calling from. Go ahead. Uh, I'm calling from Nigeria. Okay. Forward. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you there? My question is that how can I how can I grow in studying of the word and prayer? What's your name? Okay. All right. How do you grow in studying of the word and prayer? By learning it. So as we are teaching, you get a notebook, you get a Bible, and register with this church as a student of the Bible. And as we are teaching, you make notes. As we are teaching, you make notes. When we finish, you study it. When you study it, you pray. When we are teaching, you make notes. If you devote yourself to that practice for another six months to one year, you yourself will be a teacher of the same word. So that's how you grow. You grow by eating. And eating comes by feeding. And what I do here is to feed you so you can eat to grow so that you too can feed other people. That's the way to grow. Okay. I thought you should put those hands together. Thank you, Global Baba. Let's get back to Kenya. Um, uh, Pastor Alex was asking, if God heals without condition, is there need for a Christian to pray? Jesus healed without condition, but he prayed the prayer of authority. And somebody says, oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What do you want? That I may see, receive your sight. That's a prayer, but it's what we call the prayer of faith. What will I do for you that I may walk, rise up, take your mat and go? He still spoke words. So even though it, there's no condition for healing, the preacher or the minister of the gospel must speak the word because it is the word that conveys the healing power of God to the body of the people. All right, let's uh, still remain in Kenya. This time, somebody writing on the topic Thanksgiving says, My name is Pastor Benson Gui. I write from Machakos County in Kenya. Drubo Baba, I've been following your teachings for the past two years. My spiritual life has been transformed greatly. I feel more free, more sound, and more strong in Christ than before. I wish to thank you for your continued strength in reintroducing Christ to the global family and helping this generation and those to come in growing in this knowledge. Now we are better ministers of the gospel and we celebrate you. Thank you, doctor. However, in our country, there is so much teaching on altar and spiritual dimensions. Please clarify for me. What's an altar in the context of the church sanctuary? And uh, are there other dimensions in spiritual matters? Thank you, Global Baba. Well, like I taught recently, I did exegesis. An altar is a place of animal sacrifice. We are no more sacrificing animals, so we don't have an altar. This place is not an altar. This place is a podium. And the reason why it is exalted like this is because we have galleries. So that when I stand to teach, the people up and down and under can see me. That's why there is elevation. But sometimes you know that I move away from this place and I come down and I walk around you to make you know that there's nothing special about this place, nothing special about where I stand. What matters is what I am saying. So in the New Testament, we don't have altar. Altars ended when Jesus died. Jesus is the last lamb of God that died for us. And after his death, altars ended. What we have today is we have a relationship with God that does not require a mediator in humanity. The mediator we have with God is Jesus himself 
who is our sacrifice, our altar, and the one who died ultimately to set us free from sin. So we don't have any altar. So if anybody is asking you to tie the offering to the altar, tell him Jesus is the last altar. There's no other altar. Don't let people use altar to play on your intelligence. Then what about spiritual dimensions? What is dimension? There's no verse in the Bible, no verse at all that talks about spiritual dimensions. No dimension can be more dimensional than you in Christ. If any man be in Christ, how much more dimension can you be dimensional than being inside Christ? You are not near Christ. You are not under Christ. You are not over Christ. You are not by Christ. You are in Christ. That's the highest dimension anybody can be. And that is where you arrive the first day Jesus entered your heart. The only thing now is to grow in the knowledge of what has already happened. Listen, it's not the knowledge that makes it happen. It has already happened. The knowledge is to understand what happened so you can enjoy what has happened. Noble Baba. The Intercontinental. You finished doing all of that and then you looked at me. To do what now? <laughs> to, to shoot the next <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> oh no, this man. Okay, Global Baba from Kenya, we head to Tanzania. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Deacon Walter. My family and I are watching from Kilimanjaro region in Tanzania. We love and admire the way you are spreading the gospel to the whole world. The knowledge of the word, Global Baba, is punishing the devil very severely. We pray that one of these days, your voice be clearly heard from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean the top of Africa. This is the knowledge of the truth. Thank you. This is a prophecy. Yes, right? yes. From the top of Africa. Kilimanjaro. And we're doing that soon. Very soon. Very, very soon. We will broadcast from Kilimanjaro <laughs> to the rest of Africa. <laughs> oh, no. So that, that's a beautiful one. Yeah, that's a, that's good, a good one. Good one. Okay, so we yeah. move from Tanzania to South Africa. Hello, Global Baba. I'm Pastor Kaunda from Limpopo, South Africa. I'm watching the service. I'm your spiritual son. I've been following you for five years now. Please, I'm believing God to speak to you concerning my ministry. So, Baba, this is a commendation. But I'm, I'm wondering, can somebody be a, a, your son when you don't know him? Yeah, he can be my son when I don't know him because it's not a knowledge. I, I don't have to know him. But as long as he's feeding from me, learning from me, and he's growing, by spiritual connection, he's already my son. The only thing remaining is for the day me and him will meet yes. physically, which okay. we may never meet, mm. but he's still my son, and I will get reward in heaven for him. Absolutely. Mm. So, Global Baba, says, please, sir, I'm believing God to speak to you concerning my ministry. Oh, yes. I would love to speak with you. So, what we do is, producer, make sure NS in the office gets in contact with this person so we can speak to him. All right. So, from um, South Africa, we're heading straight to Nigeria. Abuja, here we come. Hello, Dr. Damina. I'm Chukukelu Sunday Kalistus. I was arrested in Abuja, Global Baba, Abuja International Airport on the 1st of January 2014, my way back from Brazil and sentenced to life imprisonment for drug offense. Since then, I've been in Kujé Prison, Abuja. Now the case is on appeal, and since then, there is no result yet. Please, Global Baba, pray for me personally and declare prophetically upon my life for God to have mercy on me and intervene in my case. I don't want to die in prison, sir. Please send me some of your messages. You will not die in prison. Amen. You will not. God, Amen. God is already, has already had mercy on you Amen. that you have reached out to us and we stand in faith with you. We believe God with you that supernaturally a miracle will happen on your behalf 
that will free you from that from that sentence and beyond the miracle of freeing you from the sentence that the revelation of the word of god will grow big on your inside that you'll be equipped built up established in the knowledge of jesus so you can preach the same and in the name of jesus receive a miracle now in jesus name amen amen please producer make sure we send some messages to this brother who just sent us email okay and producer the second window second and last window for telephone calls on this edition of the program opens now and we'll run for the next three four five minutes max meanwhile let's head from abuja to keduna state hello global baba i'm anthony nicholas arrived from keduna i celebrate god's grace upon your life i wanted to know that i couldn't stay in the church i attended because my mortal body was sick but after i joined the life prayer with you i'm completely relieved and healed thank you global baba praise god praise god praise god Okay, let's head up to Taraba State next. Says, hello, Global Baba. I'm Daniel Premier. Please, sir, do you have a branch of your church in Jalingo? No, I'm not sure we have a branch in Jalingo yet, but there are people in Jalingo who are reaching out to us. So if you want us to start a campus or a branch where you are, just reach out to us from the Jalingo area, and our, our, our global coordinators will look into it and see how to start a campus for you guys in Jalingo. Thank you. Okay, um, producer, there's another call at this moment, so Global Baba, let's just go join that caller. Hello. Yes, good afternoon, sir. Many thanks uh, for joining us. Where are you calling from? Yes, my name is Kieran Savior. I'm calling right here in New York. Go ahead, Kieran. Okay, sir, please, I, I want Papa to pray for me, for so all around, turn around, all around, good from God, and... Um, I just want to, there is a lady that called and asked a question all the way from U.S. about um, if someone dreams and then what he dreams comes the same way he, he dreams. I just want Papa to, yes, yes. to throw more light on that because most times when I dream things, um, what I dream, I will see it coming physically. Yes, with dreams, I also wanted to answer for that, sister. With dreams, you know, sometimes in dreams, we have what I call word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And then there are also dreams that are motivated by activities that we have engaged in. And there are dreams from the devil. So with dreams, you have to be very careful. When you have a dream, check that dream with the word of God. If it doesn't agree with the word of God, you rebuke it and trash it. If it agrees with the word of God, you receive it and declare it. That's the way to treat dreams. Because sometimes when God tries to communicate his word to you and you're not catching it, he could communicate with you a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom in a dream. And you will know that this one is God talking because it will agree and align with the scriptures. That's how to handle dreams. Okay, two more calls and we are home and dry on this edition of the program with calls. Right now, another one. Hello. Hello, sir. Many thanks for joining us, ma'am. Your name, where you're calling from? I'm Tola. So calling Okay, shoot. Greetings to you, sir, and for the uh, family. Greetings. Bless you. Thank you, sir. So, for some time now, I've been listening to your preaching, and it has really impacted my life so much. Um... And so, please, I would like to recite to me a question that you should be Kamerun and fellowship with other buildings. 
Okay, you are in Cameroon, Douala, Cameroon. We have campuses opening all over Cameroon in 2021. In fact, I did a, a Zoom conference with the brethren in Cameroon last week, and it was a wonderful conference with them from all, the, all over Cameroon, different parts of Cameroon. I see you smiling because there's something about Cameroon. Absolutely. It was so wonderful. So if you want to be a part of the Cameroon family, shoot a mail to dramina@yahoo.com and say you want us to connect you to the Cameroon family. So you can join them online before they start launching campuses in 2021. Thank okay. You for calling. Okay, I'm going to take a last call on this edition of the program. Just quick information for you that um, Douala is to Cameroon what Lagos is to Nigeria. Douala is the economic capital of Cameroon. Hello, this last caller. Okay, so I come back to you, um, the live audience. I'll just take a couple of questions in the live audience if you are set, but I still have one more call to go. I realize that, but Global Baba, let's go to Adamawa next. Hello, Global Baba. I'm Godwin Jacob from Adamawa State. Please, Global Baba, my wife left me without reason. I've tried bringing her back to Noavel. Pastors have tried to intervene, but she has refused to come back. My question is, what condition does God warrant divorce in marriage? And at what point should one remarry? Please advise and counsel me. Thank you. Well, first of all, divorce comes under, under certain circumstances. For example, if there's threat to life, it is called persecution, it's no more marriage. Or domestic abuse, it is called persecution, no more marriage. In that instance, you have to leave. But the Bible says if your wife departs and you try to bring her back and she's not coming back, after a while, if you discover she's gone and won't come back, you're free to talk with your church authority, and they will grant you permission to remarry. There's nothing wrong with that. Our last caller on this edition of the program. Hello. Hello. Many thanks for joining Hello, us. Yes, go Hello. ahead. Okay, I, I'm from Eritrea. I have been just... Uh... Yes, go ahead. Okay, I called you for, uh, before. My name is Thomas again. Okay. Asmara, Eritrea. Do you remember me, Mr. Waiku? Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you. And I want to ask to our Papa to shed some light uh, on Genesis 3 from 22 to 24 and 1 Timothy chapter 2, number 15. Verse number 15. Okay, 1 Timothy. First. And pray for our ministry. We have been established here, the word of his grace. Okay. Genesis 3.22, talking about Eden and uh, the way back to the tree of life. Genesis, put it up. Genesis 3.22, so I'm accurate. And the Lord said, Behold, this man is become as one of us to know both good and evil. And now he has put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Next verse. Next verse. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. What God was simply saying there is that now man has gained independence. Man has decided to operate independent of God by making a choice that alienates him from God. That's simply what he meant. That man has rejected the lordship of God and man has chosen to go without God's, you know, without God's guidance. That's what happened to Adam when Adam disobeyed the gospel and refused the gospel. That's exactly what happened in Genesis. And then I'd like to pray for your ministry. Father, we pray that in Eritrea, that the ministry of your servant continues to thrive, Amen. that more people come to the knowledge of the truth, and that our brother is strengthened with might and granted utterance and all that he requires to fulfill the ministry. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Global Papa, I'm just wondering whether that was the same brother. Let me see. Godwin Jacob. Uh, Godwin Jacob. Okay, so he's the same person. was asking his question another way. I don't know. Can we take some uh, live audience questions? Do we have anybody with a question in the live audience? Just one? Okay. The, the normal suspect is there. <laughs> you know that he's always going to come along. If he doesn't have a microphone, I don't mind. I could give him mine. He could use mine. Don't worry. He could use mine. Yes, go ahead. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Bush. My name is John Walter. Uh, sir, I want to ask... Hold a minute. I want the camera guys to capture you. Cameraman, you're too slow. All right, let's do it, John Walter. Okay, sir. Uh, my name is John Walter, and I want to ask, um, as at what point can we really say um, someone is safe? Because I have observed that you preach... Um, Christ, and then you know, we grew up where after preaching Christ, there's, there's this altar call, call yeah. uh, come out, and then they say, Close your eyes, close your eyes, yeah. everybody, and we now close their eyes as if it's going to our list. And then they now come outside, and uh, after the altar call, they now smuggle them out, you know. But at what point, because you, you don't do altar call, then you just preach the word. And no confession. You, just, you did some prophetic confession, confession on the altar. You, you, you made us to do confession. Is that the altar call supposed? Or at what point can a believer really be sure that, okay, um, I've received Christ into my heart? And secondly, it, we, uh, is it allowed for a preacher to uh, apply them like water for healing, like sign? But Jesus Christ did that. Is it applicable? I know it's not really a doctrinal um, um, teaching in the Bible, but I just did one time or the other. Is it is it allowed? Uh, then, thirdly, there's this funny question that um, I am um, many persons have asked, and even my uh, or me myself have also asked. Um, Jesus Christ said, "Okay, um, it was um, God that said it Himself." He said, uh, "Jacob, I hate, I love Esau, I hate." On what premise is that? Can you throw okay. more light on that? Okay, let me just ask you a quick question yourself. Is there any verse in the Bible that says you must out ask where you saw anybody made altar call? Anywhere in the Bible? No. So you need to ask me, why do churches do altar call? Okay, sir. Okay, the history of altar call is from evangelists who do crusades. So when they go for crusade and they preach and people receive Christ, to help them do follow up, they ask people to come out. The coming out is not salvation. It's so that they can take their name and addresses. So they can follow them up. That's what altar call is for. Salvation is not on the altar. Salvation is when you hear the message and believe it. The moment you believe it in your heart, you are saved. You don't have to come to the altar. So the important thing in a service is to teach the word for people to understand, to receive. Once they receive, they are saved. If we call them out, it's not for salvation. It's to record their names so we can disciple them. And in this church, we have our way of doing discipleship that is not bringing them to the altar. So um, what about second the confession? Question, second question. What was the second question again? Um, Sir, I'm not really clear on this. What about the confession they always um, ask to make? Or when I ask you to confess, is the declaration of your faith. Or the one they do on the altar call. Indeed, yes, yes. Well, whether they do it or not, the man is saved. The thief on the cross, did he make any confession? You just say, Jesus, when you get to paradise, remember, Jesus said, today you are with me in paradise. So, again, it is faith in the heart. Salvation is here inside the heart. It's not mouth. Is that clear? So, when people believe 
and, and, and believe Christ and receive Christ in their heart, they are saved. Is, is that clear? Yeah. The second question you asked was what? Using water, sand, and all that. Well, again, it's, did you see any apostle using water and sand? No. So, again, it's not doctrine. But does it mean that if you are led to do it, you won't do it? But you won't be led two times or three times to do it. So, yes. Okay. Global Baba, we, we have just um, a little under three minutes and we need to go. But it's this um, pastor. Just give me your name, your question in 30 seconds, please. Ifan. My name is Apostle Ifan. And I, I don't know if I could be allowed to make contribution. I have two questions. But could I be allowed to make a contribution when okay. it comes to dream? You know, you know um, I, I'm afraid, sir, I would just ask that you, you write it down. We have three minutes to go off the radio, if you look at the time. So just write it down. I'll take it um, when next we are live. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, Global Baba, we need to go, yeah. unfortunately. We just need more round off. We have um, a little under three minutes that we need to go. Uh, Global Baba, let me get you to do this. Just um, place your hand and then pray for all the prayer requests we have. Let's pray for all the prayer requests that came in by way of email and text messages. Father, we stand in faith for everybody that sent in a request, that sent in a desire. We ask that right now, in the name of Jesus, those who are sick among them be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. We rebuke disease. We rebuke infirmity. We command the healing power of God to flow through their bodies. We also pray for people that are having financial issues that they receive miracles this week. We ask for people with marital challenges, a supernatural intervention for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we declare that miracles are released to everyone that has sent in a request. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And we rejoice for the victory that we have and the testimonies of divine intervention in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Amen. Okay, so any moment now, um, we'll be on uh, Excel FM. That runs until 3 o'clock. Yep. Then from 3 to 5, we're on Unio FM. Yep. That um, leaves us now to go all the way until 9, 9 until 10. We're on uh, Inspiration, Inspiration FM. FM. And then, of course, 10 to midnight, we are on Heritage FM. We return tomorrow in the morning in style on Radio Aquib 90.5 FM at 11, running until 1. Global Papa, we need to go. Yep. The resident pastor, Pastor Preso Kuna, and wife, Winyeme, many thanks. My producer, Pastor I.J. Kuna, and the production team, many thanks. My younger brother, Global Papa, is getting married. He's seeing young. Yes, he's seeing young so much. Please put your hands together for him. Uh, I was just watching out for his boss. I was just watching out for his boss, uh, the distinguished senator, Itainan, okay. and he's there with his dear wife. Please put oh, your hands together goodness. for... Distinguished Senator Itaina, so, so nice to see him. Oh, he's alone here. Okay, we welcome. I just saw the colors of the dress and I got deceived. Okay. So, Global Baba, this is Michael Bush. I'm inviting our Global Baba, a Bible teacher extraordinaire, to take us home. Well, Mr. Bush, it's been a wonderful day again. What a blessing. And everybody, thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow and through the week, every evening live at 6 p.m. GMT plus one on Comfort FM. And all the other radio stations will carry all the things that we teach, bringing clarity and establishing you in the message of Christ. On the 31st of December, 31st of December, we have a service here at 9 p.m. and it will run into the midnight. Then... So 1st of January, which is Friday morning, we have another service here at 9.30 a.m. That is where I'm going to be laying hands and praying for everybody and speaking prophetically into your lives for 2020.
21. We love you guys. Looking forward to share fellowship with all of you again tomorrow, tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ Jesus and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen. Praise God. Whoa. What a blessing. Let's